0: You are now listening to The Socks and Sandals Podcast
1: Every time an independent A truly independent source Goes into the Portland Police Bureau We find chaos Just one of the people like just told to my managers Who like had fired me and They were like Yeah, did you see Tevin's video it Was on Complex And he was like Man, dog, they sick, man yada, yada. And I was just like I was laughing Because it was just like You know, bro, like You know, God, God always got a plan. And so in that moment, I thought, you know what? I don't care. I'm going to sit here in the middle of this aisle in Target and talk to her and break down what is going on and why she believes that these white Barbie dolls are more valuable or should come home with us over these brown and black Barbie dolls.
2: The Egyptian creation story is a very sexual one, Mm -hmm. and it talks of the god Creating himself through a sexual act with himself. So it's a masturbatory big
1: bang, if you like. Like, I never even hired coaches when I establish a program. I always hire mentors mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because a mentor gets the big picture. Coach might just get basketball. I want that's somebody awesome. that, I mean, I want somebody that's about a whole life.
0: I'm not the only podcaster out there. You're not the only marketer out there. Like, there's a lot of people doing the same things. But the things that's going to separate you and I from the rest of the people is that we become our best selves and we just don't quit. So what is the gospel? What is the pure, unadulterated gospel?
1: Yes, yes. And that is what I live by because the moment this changes is the moment I'm leaving Christianity. Okay. The pure, unadulterated gospel, and I can say it in one sentence,
0: but I'll elaborate. For sure. Is love God and do whatever the fuck you want. Welcome you all back to the Socks and Sandals podcast, where society, culture, history, and religion collide. And we unapologetically discuss our worldviews. It's your guy, Emmanuel. I'm back in the building, whipping it up. And I have a very, very, very special guest with me today. He is a father, a husband, an organizer, an artist, activist, an actual person in the community, and the man that told you to shower daily and wash your hands. We have in our midst the good brother, Max Smith. Mac, welcome to the pod, bro.
3: Hey, thanks, man. Thanks for having me out here. I really appreciate it. No
0: doubt. No doubt, bro. So uh, first things first, before we get started, salute to the plug, Miss Summer Martin. She's the one that kind of initiated this connection. Um, probably a conversation that's been long overdue, but, you know, here we are. Um, and also, you know, before we get started, um, before we go too far, I want you to just take a little bit of time to tell everyone a little bit more about yourself. So, you know, just who you are, where you're from, and what's a typical day in the life of Max Smith.
3: Uh, my name is Max Smith. Um, I'm originally from New York, New York. Um, I've been out here for 31 years, 30 years, right around there. Um, I am a utility company employee. I'm a father. I'm a husband. Um, I, I run We Out Here magazine, which is an online blog that covers uh, sports. Excuse me, um, a music, a local music, as well as um, as well as local politics. Sometimes we ad- dabble in sports and other stuff as long as it's k- kind of a uh, black and locally related. Um, I throw uh, the thesis, which is a concert along with Verbs and Blake, um, and then um, just do a bunch of little stuff around the community.
0: Bunch of little stuff. So, so humble. So bunch humble. Man. Stuff. <laughs> man, nah, but that's, that's dope, man. Tell me about the thesis, man. Is that, is that uh, running again? Or is that about to start? Yeah, we you know, t- all
3: depends on Kate Brown, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> let us do. Yeah. Uh, The thesis started because there were issues in around 26, uh, 2015 actually, uh, regarding uh, police brutality at hip hop shows, not allowing us to have concerts, uh, uh, cutting back the capacity at different venues that you know allowed hip hop, things like that. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of built as like an underground escape uh, where we, th- uh, through hip hop shows, uh, using very jazzy flyers and things like that, and kind of just I uh, did a bunch of stuff. Uh, we did a party of the Portland uh, Spirit. Uh, we rented out the, you know, the Portland Architectural Building. We've done pop-up shows in different places. Um, and so over the last six years, it's kind of just been a staple in the hip-hop community as far as uh, bringing in a, a place to, to constantly uh, see artists every first Thursday. And we brought in artists, you know, f- from out of town and really just a connected the scene um, a lot in that way. And we changed the game really by doing like a smaller concert. We, you know, as a thesis, there's no act. you know, there's no shows that have, you know, 10 to 12 acts on them. It's always like three or four acts at the most. You end up in three hours. It starts on time. It's it's inexpensive. It's It started as five bucks. Now it's 10 bucks, you know, six years later. Uh, but uh, the uh, COVID really shut us down. COVID put us in a tight spot. So after April, we stopped having live shows. We just uh, did a stream in April and just to put up the videos from that. Mm-hmm. So, but um, until we can get like a full, you know, venue again at Kelly's Olympian or the places that, you know, we end up at, then we're kind of uh, uh, limited. For sure, for sure. Well, hopefully, you know, the governor comes to a consensus or
0: just has, has some type of solid, uh, you know, answer and option as far as like, what we're gonna do to know, or, <laughs> because the back and forth is just, it's wild, bro.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's like a, a flip flop city. You know, it's hard to get anything done, especially in the entertainment industry. If there's uh, no consistency. So, yeah. And it's just weird. Like, so
0: Oregon, of course, it has its own setup, but we're so close to Washington. And so you cross the bridge and it's a totally different world, totally different experience. Like if yeah. everything is shut down, you can't go to man. I want to go to a restaurant. I just want to sit down. I can just go over the bridge and I can do that. And it's like we're living in the same area. All the same people, Portland and Vancouver is closely tied, but for whatever reason, they're free to have a little little hip hop concert or whatever, do whatever they want to do. Sit down and have
3: dinner, but we can't.
0: It's it's just weird. It's so stupid, bro. But
3: You know, a lot of it, too, is, you know, they're just trying to kind of control our social patterns in that way, you know, mm -hmm. if we're doing all this and getting up and about then, you know, they have to like worry about the pro, you know, they can't blame stuff on the protests or whatever and things like that. So it was, like a lot of politics involved in all that as well. So
4: yeah,
3: I try to just stay out of it and just like, just tell me when to go, you know, tell me for when sure. to
0: go. For sure. Well, speaking of politics, you know, somewhat, man, you have been doing a lot of the right things for the right reasons. Well, before it became, you know, popular, well, well before the slogans came out, um, you know, well before a greater population of people, you know, had that paradigm shift around policing and defunding the police, right? And so um, that's one of the reasons why, you know, you got Twitter on fire, you know, CNN knocking down your door and other folks, you know what I'm saying? So um, just give us a little background about, you know, the work that you've been doing activist-wise and just, um, yeah, just around the whole defund the police, how long that movement ha- how long have you been pressing that movement, and what's that been like for you over the past four or five years?
3: You know, I think I've always been you know without the slogan behind it. I've always been a person that but believed that the police were getting too much money and, yeah. and you know, are wasting resources and you know are really hogging resources and you know oppressing uh, communities instead of really serving them. Mm-hmm. So that's been like since I was a child, <laughs> I think I felt that way. Yeah. um but as far as like pressing the line that's really just kind of come over the last year mm-hmm. and honestly uh, it was just when the protests had started had, had just started, started you know a, a kind of a kicking up I remember watching something on the news, I don't know if it was CNN or MSNBC or something, but uh, uh, like uh, Kamala Harris was like uh, still running, you know, as the VP, or she was actually just being like uh, selected as the uh, VP, you know, uh, uh, to uh, uh, run or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember her saying something about, you know, people are talking about defund the police. And that was the first time I'd heard that phrase mm-hmm. on the television. Like yes. I've seen the phrase a million times, but like it was never like a catchphrase. And I was like, if there's enough talk about uh, defunding, that they that can catch, it's catching the, you know, the, at the time she's a Senator of California's ear. Mm-hmm. Like and she's putting on like a national platform. I think that they just made a mistake. You know, I think that they, uh, you know, they threw it out there thinking that folks would be like, oh, that's cool. And I was like, yo, we're going to hop on that. Mm. We're going to keep on saying it. And so this was like in May of last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just started pushing on, you know, defunding the police and, you know, like right away, people started asking, well, how does that work? You know, so fortunately for me, I've done like a lot of research in that regard. So I kind of have like the basic answers, but the real question was, how do we do it here? Yeah. How do we do it now? You know, it's not 1970. It's not, you know, any of the time it's, it's been brought up. It's like, how do we do it now? And so I started looking at the infrastructure of Portland. And fortunately, just for me, I had met Ted Wheeler several years ago, a couple of times I had met Charlie Hales, and Sam Adams as well, because, you know, whenever these are protests and things get hot, I'm right in there. You know, for um,
0: clarification, you can uh, tell everybody who those people are and why they're why they're relevant to the story.
3: Oh, so, yeah. So like Sam Adams is a, is a former mayor. He was uh, two terms ago you know, mm-hmm. or uh, two mayors ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, Charlie Hales is the mayor uh, between him and, and Ted Wheeler and, mm-hmm. and Sam Adams actually actually works for Ted Wheeler now. He's kind of like his fixer in, oh. the, in the office. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, but I have met all of them. Well, I had met Sam over some different stuff with the buses and tri met stuff, uh, uh, but I actually ended up uh, meeting um a Sam or excuse me, uh, a Charlie Hales, as well as a uh, Ted Wheeler, just because of protests, you know, mm-hmm. whether it was um, Michael Brown, or, uh, or whatever it was at the time. Yeah. Um, there's been so many shootings, like, I don't even know. There's the too, oh, too many. There's too many. There was, you know. Yeah. But um, I met Ted, and we had actually talked, me and, and Greg McKelvey and Alan Bell and uh, uh, Teresa uh, before that. Mm-hmm. But uh, we met with him and talked about how, you know, the police department, at that time, they were, like, way understaffed, like, 111 officers understaffed, something like that. And the crime rate dropped dramatically.
4: Mm-hmm. And
3: we were, like, yo, this was, like, in 2016. And we were, like, yo... Mm-hmm. You need to not, like, I know you're new and you came in on, I you know I'm, I'm gonna reform the police. Like the best thing you could do right now is just not add a whole bunch more cops. So, so but before you go
0: on with this story, let me, let me butt in with this, with this clip real quick.
1: But the people are leaning towards abolishing the, the police. Look at this shit. The people are saying, we need to change something. I'm not saying you have to get rid of the cops tomorrow, but what I'm saying is you have to make a real commitment to cut this shit down. When I came and saw you four years ago in your office after you got elected, we talked about this and we talked about how crime was plummeting and you wanted to hire more cops, But you hired more cops and and crime went back up. Is that correct? Okay. So that being said, when we talked about how come we can't get rid of the police and defund them more, your answer was there's a union contract and it comes out every four years and it's signed before the election. So the outgoing mayor is always stuck with signing it, right? So, you said you were hands tied. You couldn't do anything, but that you wanted to to, to reform the police. But you were hands tied. Your hands are untied now because you guys just signed the contract for just one year, right? So now it's open in the next year. You've got Sarah running and she's saying she's going to work on these police. You're saying that you're going to work on the police. You said that last time and you didn't. And you didn't fight to change the contract. We fought to change the union contract. And that's an issue. Well, this is just the first union contract that I've negotiated as mayor of police. The point is that you did it in private. You didn't invite us out there. No, in fact.
4: So
0: so that picks up exactly where you're talking about in in your story. So four years ago, you had the conversation. And he said he was going, his hands was tied. And now fast forward, that that conversation was last year, right? That was last summer.
3: That's last year. That's that's like 10 months ago now.
0: Right and so ten so ten months ago, he had that conversation you you all had that conversation, yeah, um what progress or what change has come since then?
3: So we stopped the the, the budget from going up again, right? It was going to be like two hundred and fifty five million or something this year, yeah. and it ended up being like two hundred and forty million right which is like, which was like a couple million less um, than it was at the prior year yeah. um, so. There was, you know, a bit of, of slowdown. The problem there is that we're already in, a, like, a, you know, like a, a pandemic. So there's really no savings. The, and so the point of being able to invest that savings elsewhere is, mm. mm. you know, um, in fact, the whole uh, uh, budget is taking a drop, you know, and we're seeing like at least 5% uh, uh, to cuts like across everything else, mm. except police. So, you know, the hard part about it is that Ted Wheeler just nods his head and says yes I agree Mm -hmm. I understand you are correct and then he just does the opposite thing
4: yeah
3: you can't argue with that you know and that's why you have people in the streets tearing stuff up because they're like you know you can do that to like oppress people long enough but like Portland's mostly white so like you're lying to white people (laughs) Mm. (laughs) you know they ain't gonna keep taking that they're not used to getting okie doked you know like we get okie doke. We're like, okay, it's the okie doke. We know what it is. Let's just go ahead and get money, right? Yeah. But like, white folks are like he
1: lied to me. <laughs>
3: <laughs> How dare he lie to me?
1: <laughs> what? I watched him on video. He just told a lie. You know, they're just yeah. like, what's going on? We have to revolt. Yeah. So, we're like, fine, right, sure,
3: go ahead and do that. You know, um, it's just uh, you know that's that's why people are angry here in Portland because he just straight up lies. He like he's, he's I've been lying for five years now. But well, tell me, tell me about that meeting. Like you said, it
0: was a 2014,
3: 2015. 15, uh, 20, yeah, something.
0: Some, like Greg uh, McKelvey said, Alan Bell, salute to Alan
3: and Teresa Rayford. Yeah, so, uh, Teresa wasn't he, in that meeting, but she was in the meeting that we had with Ted and with and, and with Charlie uh, before that. So, but, okay. uh, this meeting, yeah. uh, didn't come to, me, I don't believe.
0: Okay. So, you know, I, I haven't been in like that necessarily, like that type of meeting or circle, but, you know, there's, there's certain things that people are asking me to come whether it's me facilitate or just sit in on, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like these talks with the community and they want our input and they want our intellectual capital, but almost seems like you're just paid to waste my time and make me feel like I'm a part of this process. Like what, how did it come across or what was the actual constructive effect of that meeting?
3: There was no effective meeting, you know, and that's the whole thing. The whole point is to say, "Hey, we met with people in the community, mm-hmm. and we heard their feedback, mm-hmm. and we took that into account." And then they take some of the language that you use and they bastardize it, right? They switch oh. it up and they and they use it so it's like if you're so like if I'm like you know, hey, defund the police. They're like, "Hey, we took two million bucks off the off the budget. We defunded the police." And you're like, that's not what, 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 that's not what we talked about, dog. You know, and like, Mac, like and Mac right. agreed to it. <laughs> sexy, right? Like I, already, I said this in public, and people hear me saying, defund the police, defund the police. So if you just go ahead and say, yeah, we did that, and you do something else, then it's like, yeah, that still works because most people are stupid, right? So they just hear that and they they just go with it, you know? And so that's what they always do, you know? Um, I've met with a lot of people this last year and it's amazing how I'll say something, I'll see them like, they're like, ooh, that's a, he's he's right about that. And then I hear them say the same thing later, but Mm -hmm. it means something totally different. Man. You know? Cops will talk about mutual aid being a different agencies helping each other. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, Take this language that sounds good and and use it in ways you know for things that aren't good, yeah. and it's just you know the rebranding of evil. It's nasty, bro. Like the the
0: political system, it's like Mortal Kombat, or is it Mortal Kombat or Street Fighter, or Shang Tsung, whatever he was in Mortal Kombat. Shang will Mortal Kombat, bro? Like he will take your powers and then turn into you and beat you as you. Like whoa, whoa hold on, bro. Right. <laughs> you took all my <laughs> money. <movies? laughs> yeah. And you look like me too. Like hold on, no, 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 we not so. Exactly. It's, it's wild the way that that plays out. Now, as it pertains to policing in Portland, I think it's safe to say that Ted Willer has failed us, right? So we've had at least one Black police chief. Has there been more than one Or uh, in the past,
3: like, four or five years? Uh, we had Danielle Outlaw. Danielle Outlaw. Just a few years ago. Yeah. She's out in uh, Philly now. Philly, yeah. You know, they shoot everybody again. I'll let you know the Black folks again. So... Daniel Outlaw is one of them. She, she, I think she also went to get the police training in Israel. So it is what it is. Yeah. Oh God. You so know what I mean, so what we have you had one black, <laughs> <you>?
0: <laughs> we had one black police chief.
3: That didn't and we good. had Moose before that, but I think that was like ten years ago. That wasn't. My okay. Father. Okay.
0: Um, we we elected the first black woman to city council. Um yep. Joanne Hardesty. Yeah. Y'all haven't checked that out. Episode fifty-eight. Nothing mm-hmm. about us without us. Very great uh, interview with Joanne um so we had that but that hasn't act that 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 hasn't moved the needle enough to produce the outcomes that we need um she was framed not too long ago for a hit and run <laughs> by, by the portland
3: police bro right? i can't <laughs> i was like,
0: like you can't make this shit up like she was
3: framed they framed her i don't even think she has a car to be honest bro listen the head of the police union lost his job over that what <laughs>
0: Like that's a law and order. Like, come on, bro. Who...
3: It wasn't even a good framing. It lasted like an hour and fifteen minutes. It was terrible. Yeah. Like you yeah. gotta, you gotta do better than that. You can't just throw somebody under the bus at a fake hit and run. Come on. But this is,
0: I mean, this is what we're dealing with here in Portland. Um, like this, this whole system is rotten, bro. Like so, in light of what we're dealing with, what's your current strategy to actualize the goal? of defunding the Portland Police Bureau and creating a safer Portland.
3: You know, it's a tough game. We had a really good window last year. Mm. And I told people this, don't don't waste this. This is not a career path. This is is, is a get it done moment, right? Mm. If we were gonna invade the city hall or whatever and take it over, we should have done all that last year when we had thousands of people in the streets Mm. when the attentions were as high as they could possibly be. When we had a trump in office and everybody hated him everybody was turned we was you know unified on that front mm-hmm. you know and um we should have got those votes to go and change the world mm-hmm. and we did not get those votes and we didn't get the follow-up votes and we didn't get the you know in the budgets uh switch in the fall none of that stuff worked out you know joe mm-hmm. wayne hardest to Buster her heart gave it a great effort but um unfortunately a lot of this uh, super radical stuff just waited until the last minute and she couldn't garner enough support, you know? I mm-hmm. feel like the issue with a lot of things in politics is that it's really hard to ignite a base without, like, losing your funding or whatever. So the politics can only do so much, you know? Um, it's unfortunate. I think that that was a really good opportunity right then. Um, mm-hmm. So now it's more a matter of playing the long game again and waiting for uh, the next opportunity. In my, mind, in my mind, we have to educate. Um, especially black people, you know, um, I still want to uh, defund the police. That's still a major goal. I still think that's the a single most effective thing we could do right now f- to free black people, you mm-hmm. know, is to is, uh, defund the police and stop uh, black people from be, being sent into slavery. So essentially what's happening still. Yeah. So if we can defund the police, if we can choke the pipeline that sends us to prison, all the time Um, and mostly just us (laughs) all the time for the longest sentences right Um, I think that's a huge that's a huge knock on the system and I think that's that's a huge way to keep us free that's the big thing like people always saying you know what would Harriet Tubman do she she would keep us out of prison she would keep us out of slavery she would escape us if she could you know that would be the actual goal is to to, uh, free black people so uh, to me that's what black liberation is about is being free and being able to free others Mm. so um i think that to do that we have to have actual education we have to have people that are willing to teach each other we have to have folks that can reach out in our communities when we're having this violence and things like this you know uh, people keep saying you know let's put up billboards about you know do you hate yourself or whatever but like uh, i i I assure you that the gangsters are not like uh, uh, riding by reading uh, billboards going, you know what? This might be, be accurate. That, that's for the white folks. That's for white folks to be like, maybe it's black people's fault that they're in the ghetto. You know, yeah. that's, that's what that's really about. So yeah. it, it offends me and it bothers me. So I'm saying it. But, um, sure. you know, I think that the real work is connecting people who lived in that life, who survived in that life, who have had to make extreme sacrifices to get out of, of that life, or to uh, survive in that life, talk to these youngins and to these folks that are out here shooting. A lot of them aren't even youngins. I mean, there's 30-year-olds getting shot and shooting out here. That's not really a child, you know what I mean? I'm 40, Uh, 30 is not a child. I was a grown man at 30 years old, I can tell you that. And uh, if you're out there shooting folks, that's what you're doing out there. So. You know, we have to have folks that are reaching out to these people, you know, if you know the folks that are getting shot, then you probably the folks that are getting, you know, they're doing the shooting and we can't just talk about it on Facebook. We have to, you know, call our homies and be like, yo, I know you're going through it right now. I know this happened to your guy, but you know, we can't go shooting up the hood, Yeah. Yeah. you know. Then that's just what it is it's it's, it's a sad ordeal because i'll tell you what if somebody shoots like you know one of my relatives i don't know you know what i mean like what's what's really going to happen is somebody going to be out here i don't know am right. i going to snap who knows but like the whole thing is like that's where we have to have each other that's why having a community is so important because like i remember last year someone shot, shot like 130 shots in an apartment building like if we knew each other that that's that good that just couldn't happen yeah you know what I mean? People just firing out of cars into parties and random people getting hit. Like,
4: yeah.
3: that wouldn't happen if we knew each other because you know you might know somebody at that party, bro. Like, right, you right. can't just go firing into a, a random building not, like, just, I don't know anybody over here. Like, if that's happening, it's because we failed. You know what I mean? And I always keep telling people, like, like these youngins, I'm like, you know, like, we raised them. Mm. So I have an 18-year-old and a 17-year-old boy. They're mm. black boys. They're black on both sides boys. They're not mixed, mm. Nothing. none of that. There's no... There's no accidents or mis- mistaking it. They're black, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they're out here, you know, and, and it's their friends getting shot.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: It's their friends that are dying. You know, my kids are 18 and 17 years old, and their friends are dying.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: You know, so we have to do something about that, and we also have to, to you know, make sure that it's us doing it because if it's not us, it's the cops, and it's, it's going to stick us in slavery.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: So it's like, we really have to see like, what does freedom look like? And we have to all understand what freedom looks like. Because a lot of us think that like freedom is like, you know, uh, getting like a million bucks and, and and moving to Beaverton. That's not like, <laughs>
4: you
3: know, that's fine. You know, sure, go ahead and get your money. You're just sick of this. I get it. Like, I'm not knocking nobody's dreams, but is that really freedom? Man, it's, you know, it's,
0: you know, it's beautiful that you said that because I I was, you know, Keeping the timeline and you did say freedom is more important to me than solidarity. If that wasn't clear, it is now, you know what I mean? So yeah, I found more on that, that freedom, that idea of freedom, uh, especially being more important than solidarity because solidarity is one of those buzzwords, one of those phrases that people throw out and it means different things to different people and it plays out in different ways and produces yeah. different outcomes. But, you know, freedom over solidarity, what does that, you know, break that down for us?
3: You know, I feel like freedom, you know, if the goal is liberation, right, freedom, Mm -hmm. that means that we have the ability to self-determine our futures, that's really what's about it's not just like do whatever you want that's not necessarily what freedom is um freedom is more being able to determine what is it that you want to do and -hmm. what that means is that i have a right as an individual or as a group or as a family or whatever to choose what is i want to do And as black people we have you know we should have the freedom to choose how it is that we want to live and how we want that to look we shouldn't be told that we can't have to flip a bat at a baseball game you know we should have our rights right Mm -hmm. so um you know, freedom can be a, a big thing or a small thing. And it's really just, just to me, a matter of being able to not be under the control of someone else. If you're under the control of someone else, then you're not really free. Mm-hmm. You know, if that person is someone that you uh, trust and care about, perhaps it's the easier way to give up your freedom in that manner, but it's your choice. If you don't have a choice to give up your freedom, then you don't, you're, and you're really oppressed. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, that's how, that's how I kind of look at it. And um, when we I talk about you know, the intersectionality, that's a separate thing, but I think it's a great thing. And I think that as much as we can be intersectional, I think that our um, our goals of freedom should not hinge on, on anyone else, right? So like the Israelis wanted uh, to be free and became Zionists, and now they're like oppressing somebody else. That's not what you're supposed to do. <laughs> um, you know, the, Palis- the, Palis- the Palestinians now have no right to self-determination. They have no right to their own property, to their own homes, right? They have no options, they're being oppressed. Um, that's the whole difference, right? But that's but isn't
0: that isn't that the model of freedom that the United States set
3: up? Well, we have to keep in mind that the United States is a, a colonial, a settler, apartheid country. That's what it's based on. I mean, we yeah. came here as guests to the natives, and then they annihilated the you know yeah. all, all of them, and then they brought us here, you know, um, for labor and just like ate off our backs for hundreds of years. And, and then they're like, you know, hey, everything's cool. We're all equal. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if that's not what, like, is that not what happened in Australia? Is that not what happened in South Africa? Is that not what, I mean, that's what they do. That's what they're doing in Israel. It's, it's the exact same thing everywhere. Yeah. And that's why, I mean, it's what they're doing in Portland. You know, if you look at the police, they don't live here. It's 84% of the police live in Vancouver and Beaverton and stuff. And Forest Grove. They don't live in Portland. They come here and get paid and take their money and leave
4: yeah. yeah
3: and they're and in order to keep their jobs they have to label us as gang members or whatever else and so this is great for them this is a feeding season for them mm-hmm. if they can make us look horrible if they can not do their jobs so that crime gets out of control if they can solve zero crimes and so crimes go up they'll say hey we need more money and then we just to give them money and they just eat and you know, they eat good it's what they do. So, you know, this idea of what uh, fascism is, you know, I think that's as, as why you're seeing a big rise in the movement of the anti-fascists, is that, you know, this is this, this long-term idea that, like, uh, whenever you're trying to control the populace to enforce uh, your politics, like, uh, through a physical force, then, like, you're essentially dabbling in fascism. Mm. And so that's why people see like Ted Wheeler, he can't pass his policies. He just wants to, you know, do like money stuff. And he can't unless he gets everything the the way he likes it. So it's pretty. So he can package it up and brand Portland as a a Portlandian and get his hotel money. Right. Mm -hmm. So If that's his goal.
0: Is that the play?
3: I mean, how is it not? I mean, if you look at when I was just actually reading a thing today, Ted Wheeler actually ran for the city uh, commissioner's office in Boston Mm -hmm. like 30 years ago. OK, failed. he was like 30 years old and it was like 25 years ago, something like that. And anyway, uh, he failed. Right.
4: Mm-hmm. So
3: in that uh, in that failure, you know, of course, back then he was Republican. As I'm sure everyone knows, he was Republican. Mm-hmm. And um, at the time he ran on a pa- on like a, a a platform of a fiscal, uh, you know, of a, a financial growth he was like you know a lot of people are going to be talking about crime and the police and stuff like that but i'm i think we need to focus on making money mm. that was what he said and you know he's changed his his a party now so he's uh you know a democrat or whatever but has he really changed right not really i mean if you look at before uh trump was here and he was just letting uh you know a trump come in and do whatever he wanted and now biden and then want to uh, come in with the uh, doj and he's like no 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 So you cooperate with Trump and not Biden, but you're a Democrat. Mm -hmm. Like, if you just watch his plays, like he's totally a Republican. Like, it's not even like, it's not even a question about it. You know, he's just, he's the mayor. So it doesn't actually matter. He doesn't really have to like be a part of any party. How do we,
0: how do we produce justice and produce constructive change with, I mean, he's there, you know what I mean? So we, we're, so we're here, he's there. Um, How do we produce justice and constructive change this change despite his presence
3: I think we have again games I think it's really hard to go around the mayor and make any changes in the city. The mayor's also the uh, police uh, commissioner so that consolidation of power gives mm-hmm. him a lot and mm-hmm. so unless we can get him in, you know an open attack a line on the union, he really is kind of powerless in that position because the uh, a police union is more influential than the mayor's office. Mm-hmm. And so, as the commissioner, he's he's beholden as the mayor and the commissioner, you know, to the union. So um, that becomes the issue. Really, to take this thing down, you have to attack, uh, you know, uh, the union, and you have to have a mayor that's willing to do that.
0: Well, I'm saying like, apart from taking it down, because let's let's just say we can't take it down. Like, I'm I don't, and I don't mean to like, no, it's, fine, I mean, it's that's, fine. That's the goal, but like, what? All right, we can't we can't take it down.
3: So, what is there? But I think mm-hmm. we can take it down because I okay. think that we can uh, take, you know, down the mayor. Like there's currently a recall campaign that's very likely to get on the ballot. Mm-hmm. So we're there again. We have another chance to do this. Like who likes. But, I'm, but what
0: I'm what I'm getting at is like, you know, just like America, like when people okay. said, oh, if, if we just get Trump out of office, then everything will be good. So we can let's say Ted Willer goes. But Ted Willer is not Ted Willer. Ted Willer is the the mind the ideology of whatever party and whatever suspected right. you know white, white supremacist ideology that he has I don't know him but like it just the the way that things are playing out the way that the deception is going the outcomes they don't they mirror everything that we've seen in America right, right. And so so right. um, that's why I say it's suspected you I don't have
4: know, whatever you have so, you.
0: so he so you take out Ted Wheeler but you put another person in this place that looks just like him or that thinks just like him. And then we're dealing with the same problem. So possible. So, so for me, the way, when I look at it, I'm like, all right, we could get him out or he might be gone in four years, but Portland is still going Portland. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so if Portland is still going Portland, what do we do to work around that? If, if there is a path or right. is there just the best way is just to go through it and, and just break it up?
3: You know, it's 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 tough because you know I feel like Black people are always in a position where we're like, well, if we just don't have any power, then what? Then how are we going to survive, right? It's like mm-hmm. our it's like our thing. We always make it, right? We always make it. That's our thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that it's like the stuff that we were talking about on you know on the one call I saw you on um, as oh, far okay. as like, building a Black neighborhoods. You know, mm-hmm. like looking at the Albina Vision Trust project, like looking at the Black folks that are that, you know are looking at taking over uh, Chinatown. You know. Mm. Those are really the kind of things that we have to do to create our own neighborhoods that we can control, that we can handle, that we can say, hey, we don't want this help. We can have voter rights. We can have, you know, neighborhood associations where we have a democracy amongst each other, Mm -hmm. you know, and really separate. I think there's a lot of avenues to get things done. There's also charters that people, you know, there's like a charter approach to, you know, tackling a police issues or trying to, to rein in police issues. Um, I think that there's a lot of tools at our to disposal, but again, that's where it's so important that we start to educate each other. Hey, these are the ways we can do things so that within our own community, uh, we can have uh, these robust conversations and start to uh, bring uh, together the high levels of expertise that we actually already have. We just don't don't, don't always know each other or don't mm-hmm. always connect properly, or we get you know told we can't talk to one another by somebody else who says this person is this that's that and the other right yeah. so we have to like learn how to actually connect on a functional basis and not just always to try and hang out and get along and you know eat stuff together but like actually like build things we need to have like real black like um, organizations that aren't just like beholden on state and uh, you know non-profit money mm. you know we have to have have things that are able to teach us so we can all actually get together and have like good combos. Cause I feel like what always happens is we start saying, okay, we're going to have these people all get together, but we need these white people to fill these roles. Mm. And, and before you know it, the white folks are making all the decisions. It's mm. not even always their fault, but they're making all the decisions because they're the ones that have the expertise.
4: Mm-hmm. But like
3: we have people that have, you know, that have the expertise, but like we don't all, all, all agree on everything. And so we say, okay, I've got to go and silo off because black folks aren't a monolith and this guy's wrong, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. we have to like, you know, I take that seriously and say, yeah, black people are not a monolith. Everything that I want is not everything that everyone wants. Mm-hmm. I know that, like I'm a socialist and I'm a black person. Every black person is not a socialist. Mm-hmm. I understand that. So like the selling point to most of black people is not like a socialism, but the benefits of socialism sell very well,
4: mm-hmm.
3: right? So again, it's knowing, like, like people say, um, how are you effective in talking to people? It's like, because I know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. So if we can get everyone on that level, then we could have much more, you know, a substantive conversations with everyone. And, and 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 voting at that point becomes more informed. And then organizing becomes a lot easier, but we can't just like skip steps and just I'd be in the streets all the time and no one knows what they're doing. You know what I'm saying? That's not gonna help us. And that's where, again, I think we have to take this protest energy I said this last year and actually in the summertime this energy that we have to walk around six miles a night or whatever
4: Mm -hmm.
3: you know hanging out building signs you know making snacks for two hours for everybody and and carrying water around that's all great energy right Mm -hmm. but like we have to also take that energy and like educate each other educate ourselves work on each other work on ourselves be honest you know organize at our jobs you know, we can't just be in the streets organizing. We have to organize in our homes. You know, these are the things that we have to, like, really do. And we, we have to help each other do that. That's the whole thing. Like, I worry so much about, like, this idea of, like, oh, we just have to take care of everybody. But we're not thinking about taking a care of ourselves. Because you really can't take care of anybody if you're just, like, burnt out, useless, frustrated, and, like, you know, yeah. uneducated and broke it's not going to work you can't help mm-hmm. anybody else you have to take care of yourself first so we have to to to, to be able to like build each other up so, um, so that uh, then more of us you know can go and help i feel like a lot of people are, are trying to be the only person that can help but mm-hmm. like the whole goal is to make it so everyone has a little more than they need this way everyone can help everybody else you know out a little a bit more for sure That's a lot of i feel you bro it's it's
0: uh you know when you said that freedom over solidarity you know it 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 was like man that's that's hard and also but it's like the the words mean so many different things to different people you know because um because i because i it's something it was it's similar to something that i say like i say that we don't we don't need like as it pertains to the black community you know i feel like we don't need allies as much as we think we need allies. We just need solidarity, right? And so like, we need solidarity among, what you're saying, we need solidarity among ourselves.
4: Uh Because if we
0: had the solidarity among ourselves, we wouldn't need so many other people and other groups to come alongside us and help us with our problems. Because there are certain problems that we have, not necessarily, some of it, that are self-inflicted and self-created, but other problems are problems that we've been dealing with systemically for hundreds of years. Now, we know historically, for the most part, that the so-called colonizers and or oppressor class of people, which typically plays out in the in the system that we're in as European, Euro-Americans, i.e. white people, those folks are not here and their mission is not predicated on helping us solve our problems. And so nobody, nobody's going to help us the way that we help us. Even if they say that they're allies, they're only going to go so far naturally because everybody is kind of wired to protect their own family, their own culture and cling to their own group. And even because the cost of being an ally, you might be ostracized from your group. And a lot of people don't want to do that. And so then the allies help out for six months, 12 months, maybe two years. You know what I mean? I, I had, a, had an interview with Jane Elliott. She was like, white women, you know, they, they get all excited and they wanna help people out and they only stick to a, <laughs> to a cause for no more than two years. And then they go back to their white husbands and the men that they've been talking about. And the, you know, they're feminists, but then they don't wanna help anybody else when they go back to their husbands. So like, she, even Jane Elliott says, white people will stay with the cause for two years but then they're gonna go back to the status quo. Yeah. And so it's like, man, we then it's, yeah. just like it's, it's, it's just us left over at the end of the day. So every time it's spot on, bro.
3: Every, I mean, you see it every single time, you know, like, and like, um, even this last year when you know, I was making a couple of like, you know, I was, I made a couple of reckless moves, I got arrested a few times, things like that. I'm, like, I had a couple of homies and be like, bro, be careful out there, you know, because like these white folks aren't gonna, you know, stand behind you for that long. They're gonna help you, like, they're all pumped up about you now, but you know, like, next year they're gonna be like, you know,
4: uh, you are gonna move on. Maker. <laughs>
3: Yes, you know, so whatever. And, um, you know, factum as well as what happened, exactly what happened. You know, you know it's like it, it was great for a while. And then they're like, oh, we don't like this or we don't like that. And they find reasons to this, you know, hate mm-hmm. you. So it's like, that's cool. You know, but like they, they have to let uh, themselves off of the train as well. And that's how they do it. You know, some of them go like extra super radical and they're like, screw everybody else. And you know, they get on like a train of like, you know, let's cancel all the black people because they're not as radical as they should be. You know, I'm angrier than they are. Why is that? Oh, yeah. you know, I'm like, because you're going to burn out in six months right. to a year, maybe two years, like, you know, or you'll end up like, you know, a homeless or something like that. And then you'll be like, I have to change my life around. I can't be doing all this radical stuff. Like, yeah, of course, because you're, because you're not doing this as a like, I'm black every day.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And I've been mad since, since as long as I can remember. Right. right. So I'm not going to sit here and like destroy my life because, because I'm angry right now. Right. I've been angry, bro. I'm angry every time they shoot somebody. I was angry when they shot. Like I'm going to do Diallo. I was shot when my brother went to jail. I was shot when my uh, best uh, friend went to jail at 15. You know what I mean? Like we've been doing this. It's yeah. not like I can sit here and get all raged up and just go explode somewhere. I'm not white. Yeah, You <laughs> can't do
0: that. No, it, it doesn't work. So I. I teach this this private class, it's called uh, Know Your Enemy The Evolution of Racism, and it's Mm -hmm. it's deep. It goes from the 1400s all the way up to present day and just shows like specific moments in history that kind of show you that how racism has evolved to this point because everything that we're experiencing right now, there are no coincidences. Everything is tied to history and I can, you know, I pinpoint certain things, certain laws that were passed, certain events that tie directly into today, even policing and all that. Mm -hmm. So um, you know, and it's honestly it was designed just for black people, but then white people will still sign up. <laughs> and but then like when I hit them with the information, I mean the information is gonna hit different for everybody, but like right. when they get hit with it, it's so outside of their sphere of knowledge, it's just like, how are you not enraged? I can't, I, I mean you guys are just taking it so yeah. I'm like, dog, I've been living with this. Like I can't. It would I would die out of a heart attack if I gave in to. You know the amount of stress and cortisol <laughs> that's running through my body every time that i you know that i experience racism whether it's me or vicariously so right yeah bro we we can't get overly worked up and we're not going to be overly worked up like this is yeah. our lived experience and we've learned how
3: to eat you know. they'll put us in jail for being like they'll shoot us just for being angry like that like
4: mm-hmm.
3: like if people saw like how angry i could actually be like i'd be like you guys have no like i go, I go to jail immediately and you guys yeah. are all like, "Thank God he was scaring me!" Like, so I'm I'm yeah. not even gonna I'm not even gonna let my emotions ever. That's that's why we laugh at stuff like this. Mm-hmm. That's why when the Capitol riots happened, I was on a Willamette Week or, or a OPB or whatever it was I was on that day. I was like, you know, they were like, I was like, I was like, honestly, I'm like, how do you feel about this? I was like, I'm cracking up, and they were like, you mean like a like a sarcastic laugh? I'm like, no, this is hilarious, bro. Like white people are attacking the Capitol.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what you For me, I was I was like. They should have did this a long time ago.
3: <laughs> this is an ironic laughter. This is the actual laughter. Like, this is hilarious. Why are they... And, it's just, and the, the funny it's thing to me... Stuff?
0: Yeah, the funny thing to me is, like, this is the most American thing ever. Like, this is America, bro. Like, this is what <laughs> America is so all funny. about. Like, we against yeah. the system. And if you read the Declaration of Independence, it tells you if this doesn't serve you well, then you should, like... Ride against it. Yeah, you should ride against it. So it's like, this is what they're supposed to do. I wish they would have did this when they gave us those $600 checks. You know what I mean? Like right for the $600 stimulus cuz that is disrespectful, bro. Like
3: $600 I don't actually even know why they invaded the Capitol to this day. Was it because they weren't allowed to go outside? Was it because they had to have masks on? Was it because they were just mad at Joe Biden? Was it just over Donald Trump? I mean, like, was it over Donald Trump? You
0: know, Trump was like, hey, they're going to sign into Electoral College, so stop them, you know what I mean? So he's going in there, taking paperwork, you know, as if things aren't digital. But, you know, it was bad. bad.
3: Listen, that was one of the funniest things I've ever seen, and and it, it really, like, to me, like I think that when I realized that like white folks were offended that I thought that that was funny, they were offended. It, it just yeah, they were just like, you think this is funny? Yeah. Like they they almost took over the country, and I'm like with paintball guns. Like <laughs> what were y'all doing? Like what what's really going on? You mean to tell me like Russia's not looking? Like wait a minute, we can just walk up in there and right. steal the Constitution? Like yeah. I can just walk up to the podium like n- no big deal in this. Be like, all right, bye guys. As long as I'm white. Like, is that what this is about right now? We were looking so, real, like, real weak.
4: Real bold. Yeah, like,
3: I'm sure North Korea is like, yeah, go uh, go ahead and finish the missiles, son. <laughs> they ain't doing nothing. We right. can walk with the paintball guns and keep them out. They're like, so, we yeah. don't even need the missiles. Like, don't
0: even spend that money. We're just going <laughs> to...
3: We're just gonna right. walk, in. we're just gonna walk in, guys, and it's it's just it's extra funny because you know, if it was like eight thousand black people, they would have been shooting us,
0: it'd have been the biggest massacre that you've never seen before. Yeah,
3: they would have blocked, they would have turned off all the cameras, EMP, the whole thing, and just murked like 30 people, and then they would have been like, We don't know what happened, but people were attacking and blah blah, blah and they, yeah. they, were, they were terrorists you know and so like it, it, so for me just, just to watch them be like what do we do like you know what you would do if it was us
1: right it's not even so not, not rocket science at all and then the white g- girl got shot
3: they were like don't g- don't come in the window don't come in the window she busts the glass out jump in the window bang get shot and they're like oh my god they shot her i'm like y'all in the capitol building attacking senators busting windows out and dude's got got a gun saying don't don't come in here don't come in here and you go and hop in and you're armed like
0: when you I mean that that was light I mean I don't, and I don't mean to make light of her death but like that was light as, a, Super. as what could have happened and what Super. normally would happen so
3: listen the, the, they seen that Mexican boy down in Vallejo and he had his hands up right I mean mm-hmm. was that Vallejo was that the the, the I don't know. There's so many exactly, yeah. Shooting kids out here, bro, like multiple times. Bang, 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 knock them on the ground, shooting their, their feet up bottoms. Yeah. But like, so so to me, it's just like, it's, it's almost like, it's not a funny joke, but it's a joke because we know just, what they would you, do.
0: You can't, you can't make this shit up, bro. Like, it's just.
3: I you know it. really? know you you really all of this stuff—it's wild. I mean, yeah. the, the, the little Mexican boy that got shot, the girl that got shot with a knife, talking about she was going to stab somebody, so you shot her. Yeah, I'm, the, I'm lost. The, you know? The, the, oh, I, I thought it was a taser. Like, come on, man. I thought it was a taser. I had actually, I forgot about that. Um, yeah, bro, I mean, because that's how rapid. And then,
0: bro, the thing is, there's so many mass shootings that are underreported. Like every two, three days, mass shootings.
3: But, but every time a black person dies, we don't know the dies, names. The news. We don't know the
0: names of the victims. It doesn't go viral. You notice how slick it is? Like
3: it's. it's but every crazy. time a black person dies, it's on the news. On the news. Every time, gang shooting, cop shooting, doesn't matter if they're black. People are like, I don't even care if they're not black. Are they black? Oh, make a big deal about it. Like,
4: yeah.
3: So like, that's why in Portland there's been all these shootings. I think about half of them involve black people, but I haven't heard about any sh- shootings involved white people.
0: You'll you'll never hear about it. Now speaking speaking of that, so we can let's let's change gears back to Portland. Now I was um I was watching the news. I've been watching the news lately, um like in, up until now, like up until last year. Now I just felt old. I'm watching the news all the time. So mm-hmm. I was I was watching um actually oh, okay. I was I was I, I was on YouTube. I don't know if you've seen this yet. Have, have you seen this? Yeah, go ahead. I see. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna play a little clip. But I was watching YouTube and I seen the video. It was like it's Seattle finished or something like that or is or is seattle dead and that was like a month ago and then i just seen this the other day i'm like oh wow so In Claire media so we have to ask is portland over i'm gonna play a little clip and then we'll, we'll dig into it
2: i'm jeff gianola starting tonight and all this week we're taking an in-depth look at the issues plaguing our city and we ask this question is portland over <laughs> violence vandalism destruction as portland struggles through the pandemic violent protests have damaged the city and continue to destroy its reputation i've been to portland i visited portland and i think it's a fantastic city currently if you asked me to go to portland it wouldn't be on my list
4: i
0: have no interest in traveling to portland whatsoever and I used to live in Oregon, but I don't think it's as safe as it used to be.
4: Well, I was raised in Portland, Oregon. So to me, I think of the old Portland. I know now it's changed tremendously, and there's a lot of trouble up there.
2: Peaceful protests hijacked by violence, city landmarks defaced and torn down, uncontrolled vandalism that has forced businesses to close, and a mayor and other leaders who seem overwhelmed, ineffective, and ill-equipped to stop it. If we are not able to get the federal administration to back off and leave our city, it will happen all across the United States. As Portland emerges from the pandemic, we're left with the downtown fenced off, boarded up, and dying. A homeless problem that was bad, but has gotten worse. And there's this, everywhere you look, the city of roses has become the city of trash in filth.
4: It was just a little disappointing to see how unkempt the city was and the homelessness was in a bad way. It was worse than I thought it was gonna be. So
0: there you have it, man. Uh, police brutality, protesting, unprecedented homelessness, pollution, and uh, some jarring visuals of the, the protests and what was going on downtown. Was, what what runs what runs through your mind after seeing that two minute clip?
3: I mean, the first thing that hits my head. I, I, I saw that. I'm like, I, well, that's a propaganda clip, you know? Like, <laughs> who made this one, bro? Like, this are straight at the SS, bro? Like, what? What? Like, this, man, like, man. they went hard for that one. Um, you know, also like, if you see like people in Portland are interviewing people like in in Folsom, California, and like Orangevale, and uh, you know, uh, Idaho would you visit portland right now oh no i i watch i watch coins so no way you know (laughs) um but you know like Uh, portland is not under fire it's not under siege the downtown is shut down because no one has any money and um people are homeless everywhere because no one has any money and uh the city is not trying to like do projects that are going to raise money for everyone they're just trying to you know get rich uh, people to have money again so a, a, a big thing about society is like when things don't work, you have to correct it. Mm-hmm. And if you're a political leader, you have to be a part of that. And we just don't, you know, like the, if the pandemic sh- even prior to the protest, the pandemic was like, like showing us our systems are not built to help us. You mm-hmm. know, they're built to help a few. They're not built to help the common person. There's no safe guards in place. There's nothing in place. And, It's like people are just ignoring that that was all exposed and that people are still struggling, like because a lot of people are not struggling anymore, right? They got their stimulus checks or they got their $600 or they got their, you know, their whatever. And so, you know, their unemployment or whatever. So they're doing okay. And they're like, it's not really a big deal. I'm just going to chill, right? And so the economy is obviously struggling because people aren't buying stuff. It's like a depression kind of thing. Stocks are falling again. You know, after jumping up, they're falling down again, all this kind of stuff. The honeymoon with the Biden's over, Mm. right? So you'll see now they're trying to throw all this like random stuff at us. Oh, the city is dying. Palestine, obviously. They've been killing people in Palestine, right? Like I'm totally with, you know, solidarity with Palestine, like a thousand percent. But like they've been killing people in Palestine. But you know, it's like that the news will just change. They talk about anything else. Colombia, um, you know, Mm. the uh, uh, hate uh, uh, crimes against Asians, hate crimes against Jews, anything else, anything but, what is going on right here yeah. so you know the fact of the matter is the pandemic has you know shut down a down a town a long time ago
4: mm-hmm.
3: there haven't you know all the clips of uh, violence and the protests and stuff were all f- from you know 2020 there's no 2021 video in that entire collage mm-hmm. so what they're doing now is just the fear-mongering. You know, hey, looks like Portland's destroyed, blah, blah, blah. People aren't going to come here. It's going to ruin our lives. But who who really is, you know, lives here and depends on tourism?
4: Mm.
3: Some rich people, folks who work in hotels and people that, you know, and uh, uh, some restaurateurs. Mm. That is a big section of society, but it's all rich people. Well,
4: you know, I, you know, I would it's mostly, say for the, it's mostly, the tourism, it's people. it.
0: It's it's weird, man. Like I I know like the the food cart people, granted, even though because the restaurants have shut down, food carts have like come up. Um, But if restaurants were open, you know, bars were open, all that
4: stuff. But they're not
3: because they're not sustainable businesses unless they overcharge and underpay. And that's what the that's what the pandemic exposed us to.
4: Okay. right yeah
3: it's taking away that layer of cream because a lot of people can eat off that that top layer of cream mm-hmm. but it's only if but, it, but it's not a majority of people it's just a it's just a good number of people but when that, that top layer of cream goes away a lot of people will automatically become as desperate as the people on the bottom mm-hmm. that's why you saw so much of, you know a, a, like a solidarity last summer because a lot of people ain't still ain't paid rent yet
4: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right
3: so now you have you know sure people are doing better there's more money or whatever things are starting to open up or whatever but like a lot of people are also like six months behind on rent or mortgage yeah
4: yeah and
3: facing you know eviction that's why they just pass this thing again. they keep on you know uh, putting the football but like a lot of people are still like never gonna be able to get out of this hole so yeah. you have all these different crises and what they're really trying to do is it's it's a kind of like a COVID in the beginning they're trying not to have everything hit the window at the same time
0: so there's <laughs> Oh man, they're 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 bringing up stories that just don't necessarily have anything
3: to do with anything, but they distract you with this over here. So you're like, emergency, emergency, let's sustain stay in the streets and protest or whatever you're going to do in solidarity with this place and this place and that place and this shooting and that shooting and that because they're shooting every day. So, Mm -hmm. like, and now if you're going to be in solidarity for one, you have to, have to, to do it for all of them. So now every time someone gets shot anywhere in the country we have to be on the ground mm-hmm. mobilizing and figuring out and, and, and contacting them. Right. So mm-hmm. it keeps all the activists busy. And then the people who are like, yo, what are we going to do for like a day-to-day stuff? There's no one else to turn to. And so they just to go back to, you know, whoever's offering them something. And that's usually mm-hmm. the city or the police saying, Hey, we've got like a little plan over here and we're going to do this. or give you a gift card for a hundred and, 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 and 50 bucks in the lottery or whatever. At least there's an option here. So I'm going to go ahead and try that because because people are busy just, you know, are chasing their tails the activists are all chasing our tails so you know you just kind of get stuck out there so it's 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 hard to it's hard because there's always the play being made you know in the media to keep us distracted and then you have these actual issues that are hitting us there's still the homelessness there's still the pandemic there's still you know um social justice the police uh you know shooting people
4: yeah. but if
3: you can if, if, if you can say, okay, but look at the black on black crime that kind of gives the police a little, a bit of leeway mm-hmm. until they shoot a bunch of more uh, black people, which is going to be their response to, you know, to the black on black crime. Mm-hmm. So in the meantime, they can kind of, again, they can punt that foot ball a little bit because we're all focused on, you know, the uh, community and helping each other. Yeah. Right. So in the meantime, it's now the uh, pandemic. They're getting everyone vaccinated or whatever. So it seems like things are evening out there a little bit. We'll open up a little bit and see how that goes. That's like another punt over here. Now, all we have to to deal with is the homelessness. And of course, their goal is always to hide the homelessness it's not to solve it, and so what they'll do over the next few months is try and hide the homelessness as the police violence uh, ramps back up. It's where we're only dealing with one thing at a time. And you can't keep and you don't get that mass anger like we had last year. Yeah. And, and so I feel like the city is playing this game. It's like they're, they're trained to do this. This is like the standard protocol for the, every city does. You know, is you try and and split up a movement into, into a couple of different things, mm. and that's why I say you know the energy is always going to change that's why the, the uh, that's why the freedom in my mind remaining free um, so we can help each other all get free is more important than solidarity mm-hmm. a lot of times like mm-hmm. the solid especially if the solid, you know if the uh, um, solidarity is not is not real you know mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of black people got mm-hmm. into the solidarity last year because it was like hey we're all going to rally behind black lives or or BLM or whatever you want to call it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to rally and say, hey, the Black people are the most oppressed. They're getting killed by police. George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. We we're, were all going to march in that way. And then it became a way of, well, like, oh, okay, we actually need you guys to focus on all these other things. Mm. And again, it makes it hard to educate in one thing if you're educating on everything. Right. So then, you know, that solidarity became, you know, we actually want to, you know, like uh, like a struggle uh, compare. And we want to, you know, add this and add this and add this. Later. And so then it became a thing of, is this a solid a dairy or is this just like, just uh, just uh, just uh, what's it called intersectionality? Mm-hmm. And is this a forced intersectionality? Mm-hmm. Because then that becomes, a, you know, a, it becomes like another question because mm-hmm. then like if you're religious or you're not religious or you're this or you're that, like sometimes, you know, some things are, just oil and water. Yeah. So if you can't have solidarity, then you have to have factions. And if you have to have factions, and you have to agree with each faction, or you have to agree with how they talk, or whatever else, then it's like mm-hmm. you end up in all kinds of different splits. And then the people are enabling, and then yeah, it's hard. To, it's hard to focus on one thing at because the time. now you're kicking people out uh, because they're not agreeing with you. Yeah. so now we can't have solidarity because you don't agree with somebody so now we have to not talk to that person or can't work with that person no one can talk to that person because we can Mm -hmm. i'm not allowed to talk to anybody that you don't like you know so that becomes all of that Mm -hmm. um which is not in honesty solidarity it's just arguing so um that's why i say you know at the end of the day if i can't have solidarity i'll take freedom for sure sure. but i would like to have both but i but the freedom is the most important part i can't Mm -hmm. i can't lose track of that
4: For sure. Now,
0: I grew up here, you know, grew up off 15th in in Alberta or 15th block, block, a block off Alberta. And it's like, I don't, I don't know what happened to my city. Grew up here. You know what I mean? Went to college, came back and it's just, and it's been progressively getting to what it is. And now what's happening, the homelessness, um, this used to be like the cleanest place, you know, in the country. I remember, I, I remember like you would get pulled over, you would get cited for pollution. Mm-hmm. Like, I, remember, I used to, I used to be scared. I remember one time, like I was driving down the street and I thought about throwing my gun out the window. I was like, nah, I might get a ticket. And it was like around the time of, of you know, Trayvon Martin and Mike Brown. And I was like, man, I might get pulled over by the police. And I might get shot for, you know, spitting my gun out the window because I know how they are out here. But it was just so now. But we went from that to like where we're at now, and it's just weird. And, and there was a quote that I heard. Um, his name is Ian Dunlap. He's like a, uh, an investor guru type dude. But um, I don't want to say guru because that's like a, a stigma. But he's he's a really wise investor. But he said that America without the stock market and without the military, the United States is a third world country. And it's like with that video, even though that, that was propaganda, like all this stuff is happening. You got federal troops on the ground doing that. You got our own police killing us and with impunity. And, you know, last year when things went down in the tank just for a few months, our whole society collapsed. If it, it, it would have collapsed, like fell flat on his face if it wasn't for the stimulus. So how many were three? It was three of us, three stimuluses, bro. And so, or stimuli, I should say. So it's just like, what what are we, what is happening right now? Like, do we really understand that without our military and without the stock market, we are in a third world country. I don't don't think people have that reality check. Like,
3: anyone has given them that reality check, bro. So, like, I'm teaching my youngest son, he's 17, how to drive right now, right? Like, he's Mm -hmm. been he can drive me everywhere the last a month or so, um, and he's just like, "Why are there so many potholes?"
4: Mm.
3: You know, so like you know, he's always like, you know, I'm walking in now, it's like I'm on calls and stuff. He's like, "Don't we have like you know, three hundred million dollars of roads? Why do we have potholes that go an entire block? Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. like one pothole." Yeah. To- it's like a rip. It's like it's like an earthquake occurred or something. It's just sitting there, you know. Yeah. And like they're everywhere. Like like you have to exit, you're, bang when you're driving. I'm like yeah, because we live in a third world country, bro. Like the airports are all old now. If you look, you know, like ours is like you know recently remodeled, so it's not that bad. But like,
1: I fly to Phoenix. Oh yeah. You're like, What is this? Like I'm you through the- there, I'm flying through there next week, bro. It's a terrible. Oh. <laughs> What's going on here?
3: You know what I mean? Like Kansas
0: City is the worst ever. It's terrible. It's it's it a yeah. uh, go
3: to O'Hare. You know, mm. it's, it's, it's it's trash bags, you know. It's like it's like this country hasn't invested in communities at any level. Mm. And that's what that that's why you're seeing everyone is getting upset now. It's not just white people, right? Because yeah. This this country is not post racial, but it's definitely getting getting to the point where not just black people and natives are starting to feel like what is going on.
4: Mm.
3: We're all starting to feel like this is not worth it anymore.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: You know, the dream is worth it to a lot of people. If you know, if, if they got to break a few eggs, but I get to have these nice things. Mm-hmm. But if they can't have those nice things anymore, they start questioning. Like maybe, maybe it's not a matter of effort. Maybe it is just a matter of privilege. Who has more privilege than me? Because as soon as people start being poor, they start wondering why. Mm. As soon as people start struggling, they start wondering why. We wonder why. and we I figured out a long time ago why we was poor. Because mm. we came out of slavery. Because we came off of boats, right? Yeah. So
4: Gym we know why we're poor.
3: Now they're, redlining. they're like, why are we poor? Yeah. We have had red, you know a redlining working in our favor. We were given free land when we came here. You mm. know, my great-great-grandfather, and now I'm broke? How dare how dare I be? It's the country's fault. So mm. now everyone's like, yeah, I'm with it. But but with that, again, those people necessarily, they'll say that they feel us, right? And they understand us, but they don't. Yeah. And, and most of us don't have the education to, to tell the difference. Our damn mm. selves.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: So that's why I keep on saying, you know, if we don't have the education if we don't have these conversations, yeah. you know, if people don't listen to each other, if the youths keep on ignoring the elders because they don't speak the way that they do, you know, um, if we have the elders that won't speak to the youth because they dress a certain way, you know, we're not going to get there.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: You know? So it's like that Martin Luther uh, King speech on the boondocks, you know, I'm moving to Canada, Man. you know, like, because. It's,
0: it's hilarious and ironic and still timely to this day. And
3: that was like, 15 years ago like and, and it's still timely to this moment right yeah. because what it's really about is like niggers you know we have to get together we have to like figure it out we have to have the hard conversations uh, with one another yes feelings are going to get hurt yes your friends might see you different but like we have to have those conversations in our uh, communities whatever that means for each of us right yeah. cuz that's that's how we stop our internal violence that's how we formulate a plan and get them together to actually take on the system, to take on, on seats and, you know, on, on on more seats in city council. So it's not just the approved of Black people, you know, but like if we don't have any, like if you look at any other ethnic group, even the small ones, even the, you know, like the Eastern Europe Europeans that have come here, the Slavic community, they're figuring it out. hmm You know they don't all agree. They don't all get along. Some of them probably kill each other's uh, families in other countries. But like they're figuring it out, and they have a group, they have a block, and they're on all the councils, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Black folks have to do the same thing, and we have to be prepared uh, to do that. Yeah, we we can't be cutting each other off because he's not radical enough, and I need somebody who 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 acts like he's he's Malcolm X. Mm -hmm. That's not going to get us anywhere. Yeah. We have to bring us all in and find a place that that we can all agree on, you know. That's yeah. why, you know, when we had that thing with the protests recently, we had that uh, letter go out. We sent that letter, you know, a bunch of Black people uh, uh, signed off on it and said, you know, hey, you know, this is a letter to our protest community, you know, and um, it was important because, like, if you have, like, I think it ended up being, like, uh, 65 uh, Black people who are, like, you know, somewhat activists in the community saying, hey, we all agree on this point, and we have there's anarchists in there. There's people that work in City Hall in there. There's, there's a state rep on there. There's mm. doctors on there. There's lawyers on there. There's, you know, students on there. There's kids on there. You know, that tells you that, like, you have... This is something that we all agree about. Yeah. You know? And most people in Portland don't even know uh, 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 50 Black people. Mm. Let's, let's be honest. Most... Mm. Especially white people. They don't know 50 black. Oh, people. Oh, yeah. Most white...
0: For sure. Of course not. No.
3: No. They have, like... A black guy at their job that they know Mm -hmm. and the guy at the gas station and like a friend, Mm -hmm. a black friend or a cousin or like their their son-in-law, right? But like, it's not going to be like I have, you know, like I can just name off 50 black people I know outside of Facebook. And it it can't, probably even on Facebook, you know, it's just not going to happen, not in Portland. Mm -hmm. So for us, that's like a normal thing. I definitely have like 100, 200, 300 black people I could name off right now, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, I know this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, this girl, this girl, this girl, and them, and them, and them, you know, I'd go Mm -hmm. on all day. But um, most people in Portland just just can't do that. Mm -hmm. So if they see that many of us, it actually has an impact. Like it it actually made Newsweek. Mm -hmm. It made Newsweek because 50 people at the time of publication had signed a letter in Portland crazy that was crazy so like we have a lot more power than we uh, uh, give ourselves like you know like a credit for mm-hmm. we just don't always execute or use it or stand in like a position where it makes sense because if you have a power you have to execute on it yeah. You have to, to start in a position of power and work up from there. So
0: what what has happened since that letter and you know those 65 people? Has there been continued conversation, continued organization amongst the 65?
3: It, there has been also I've been a bunch of blow ups and a bunch of people are mad at each other and want to talk to each other now as well. Mm. So you know, but but in doing that though, I think that what happened is you know, it it actually caused the mayor to, as he always does, to take our words and misuse them, Mm -hmm. which allowed us to have a press conference about that, which Mm -hmm. also made national news, Mm -hmm. right? And so again, Black people are being seen as having a voice in Portland, as opposed to just existing here in silence. Um, And I think that's what we have to show people, you know, is that if we can put aside our petty differences, or even Mm -hmm. our major differences at times, you know, and say, hey, what's most important? I remember when Joanne got uh, framed by the cops, as we talked about earlier. Yeah. And there was a letter that went around, and someone, I think a lucky honor, someone sent it to me and said, hey, would you be interested in signing this? You know, it's basically a thing saying that we shouldn't, you know, basically uh, condemning, you know, mm-hmm. the actions that the police uh, took against Joanne. And everyone knows I'm, I'm not, like, the biggest Joanne fan. I respect her, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not, like, you know, I don't, I don't like, harp on every word. I think she's, like, a, you know, like a boss or anything, I'm like, you know, like in my world. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, you know, I was like, Yeah, I'll sign this. I'm not gonna, I definitely, uh, you know, condemn a police accusing a black people of crimes falsely, especially mm-hmm. black women in power. The only uh, black woman at the time, you know, that, uh, that was on the, only a uh, black woman still,
4: yeah,
3: on, on a city council, mm-hmm. and you know, and it's the police, so of course, after police, right? So, yeah, For I sure. condemn I signed the letter later on, you know, it, the letter gets it published, you know. this, this it's a lot of names on there. There's a Matt Hennessy's on there. Some other people I really just don't rock with, right?
4: Mm-hmm. So people
3: are like, "Man, do you see that your name's on the letter along with you know these people?" And I'm like, "What's so that guy that, do with me?" So what? <laughs> What's that guy do with me? Well, you don't want to be. I'm not associated with them. I signed this letter, and so did yeah. they. So what that tells you is that we all agreed on this. Yeah. As much as I don't like these people over here, and they don't like me, right. we all agreed on this. Mm. And what that tells you is that you can't just break us up by starting rumors or doing this or that and saying this person's got to, oh, you can't talk to these people. because that's that's all control tactic, right? They'll
0: they'll try to to pitch you against each other and, you know, use their words and say, oh. Are there going
3: to be a problematic people? Absolutely. Are there going to be issues with people and people I don't like to rock with? Absolutely. But like, that doesn't mean that I can't agree with them at certain times. And that's a big thing that we have to do as like a movement is understand that like, as much as we have learned that the oppressor has certain language and we shouldn't adopt that language there's also certain things that everyone says. Mm-hmm. And if someone says that, and it seems like, Oh, I heard a bad guys say that that might be true because maybe it's English, you know? Mm-hmm. So we have to start to, to just to be smarter on how we uh, divide ourselves or separate ourselves. And it's like uh, the homie, uh, Sam says, the uh, big Sam Thompson. And we said you know I, uh unity that uh, it, it it doesn't require us to be you know a uniform mm. um, you know right. a, it's like a uniformity is not the same thing as unity you know right. we don't have to agree i'm a muslim you mm. know i'm a like a orthodox muslim you know i have friends that are like in the nation and like we have disagreements about like our religion you know what i mean mm. but i'm not going to not be friends with you or not be able to talk with you or not be able to have a civil conversation just because I don't agree.
4: Right.
3: You know, and 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 for me, I I can extend that to pretty far. You Mm -hmm. know, I can talk to anybody I feel like Mm -hmm. because I know also though who I am and I can like I'm my ground. Yeah. So like even like with the cops, like people like don't talk to cops. I'm like, yeah, I don't like give cops information. (laughs) You know, silly. But like I can still talk to a cop if I want to. Right. I don't know who's going to Because like last I checked, you can't tell a a free man on who to speak to and who not to.
4: That's
3: a fact. You can tell me what you want, but I can do what I want because I'm free. So you know, there's no one is going to silo me off uh, from information based on some kind of a title or whatever, or or like a slogan that uh, people are yelling. Because yeah, f the police, but like you know, and and don't talk to cops. But like, if I need to talk to a cop, I'ma talk to a cop. And if I need to get, you know, if I'm also going to let these cops know, like I'm not here to be your friend. Yeah, anybody,
0: anybody that see Mac talking to a cop, just relax. That's a free man talking. Just chill, just chill. And you
3: know what it is. Like you know, I'm not going to be sitting there. You know, all blah blah. And so that's the whole thing. Like I remember we did uh, the march up in Vancouver. uh, Mm -hmm. You know, with uh for uh, Kevin Peterson. Yeah, there was that first one that turned into like absolute chaos. And so the family actually had asked me to help with like a second one. You know, Mm -hmm. that that didn't Mm -hmm. you know end up with a whole bunch of chaos. And so I was I was like, yo, like you know, we're going to do this again. You know, and, and the mission is we're not going to be fighting with them chuds. They're not going to be out here bringing machine guns, running down, walking through our parade. And we're not going to be a, a, a smashing stuff up or none of that. We're just going to have a march for the family, like a vigil, like There's a proper a, vigil for yeah. the family. Like we have to sacrifice all the stuff that, you know, um, you want to do emotionally and mm-hmm. say, yo, we're going to going to do this for the family. And so a bunch of, you know guys with their tactical gears and you know america sleeve over their face and all this stuff i showed up with their cameras and their LARP stuff right and they're all like, yeah rah, 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 rah. and they're all you know just just getting right in the corner and so like i i grabbed like a small group of people and like we walked over and i was like yo like we're not gonna do this today
4: mm-hmm.
3: and they were like what do you mean I was, we're not doing this today we're not fighting with you on the camera for, uh, for live streams We're not doing any of that i don't have no cameras up we don't have nothing up it's just it's just y'all with the cameras when i was just looking dumb like the saying like a stream party they're saying, you know, you're a violence porn or whatever. We're not going to be fighting with the police or y'all. The police killed this family's kid and is lying about it. And we're, and we're going to have a march. And we're going to march, um, you know, up up, uh, to where they killed somebody else last year. Mm-hmm. And we're going to stop there and have you know, us some music and some talks. And we're going to come back over here again. And we ain't going to have no problems. And they was like, well, they, they all got their AK-47s and all this other stuff, right? And I'm just like, and so the one dude's like, so how do we know we're not going to have property damage? And I'm like, because I just said so. Who are you? I'm like I'm gonna get so in the march. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if mm. you got any problems? I, I come and find me. I got a big old scarf on my head. You see me? So just come holly when You see me? You know? Don't I bother nobody in the march. Something happens? Come and find me. I'll talk about it. It's ridiculous. I'll take personal responsibility. How, for how do we know there's not
0: gonna be any property damage? Like that's that's what y'all worried. You got an AK-47 because you right. worried about AR-15, months. right?
3: So I'm um, so, so I'm yeah. like look. So I'm like look. If you have if anything is damaged or problems, I'll take care of it personally. Yeah, my name is Max Smith. You can find me on the internet.
4: It's, it's,
3: right? it's ridiculous. Man. So I, 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 I said I was just on the news, you know, saying the same thing, the coin or whatever. So if there's any questions you can ask him how to get I get a hold of me? Ain't no problem. I I know y'all talk, right?
4: Sure.
3: So they were like, all right. He was like, uh, will you sh- shake on it? I'm like, whatever it yeah. is. So I shake. I shake the dude's hand.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Gang of people got mad at me. Why are you shaking hands with any with fascists? Blah blah. Said, first of all, I've never seen you before in my life. That dude. That dude was chasing blah blah, blah around. Life. I, like, I don't know these people.
4: Yeah,
3: I said, I'm not going to have any problems today. If I have to shake a man's hand and say we're not going to have any problems, that's all it takes for them to go home, we should be shaking hands.
4: Right.
3: I don't agree with but you. I don't mean,
0: like people just want to be right. They want to do things their way. They don't necessarily want to get it right. And that's and when- we had a nice
3: march. There was mm-hmm. no problem. There was one guy in a trailer park popped out with a shotgun. We talked to him. He was fine. We went back in his house. We continued on our march. We did our thing. We got to the spot. We circled back. We came back to the same place that to- I did our thing, played some music, had some performances, c- cried a bunch, gave some speeches, and we went home.
4: That's it.
3: And that's all we wanted to do. But right. like, you get these people who are so into like, hey, we need to have confrontation so we can escalate the situation. And it's like, it's not, it's, it doesn't have to happen every day. Yeah, That's not always the case, you know. Sometimes you do need to escalate when things are, you know, when the, a pan is hot, you have to uh, get up in there and push the envelope. But when the pan is cold, you, you know, That butter's not gonna melt. So you could throw it at the pot all you want to, but like, what are we doing? You know, just sitting there on a cold cold pan.
0: But that comes from someone like yourself that's been out here doing this before it was trendy. You know, you know what it is to be able to handle that conflict management, to truly just de-escalate a situation. And if that's what everybody is all about, like bringing peace and you make peace, and then people getting an uproar about you making peace, then that just like that just lets you know and everybody else know, oh, these are the people that are not really about
3: what we're about. They're and just, yeah, and that's exactly right. That's exactly right. That's that's where you know that people are not focused on the goal because, right. and, and that's why I always tell people like, if people's goal is black liberation, they're gonna do certain things a certain way. Mm-hmm. If if people's goal is 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 just anarchy, they probably don't care, you know, and that's the hard uh, uh, thing to kind of get because I'm not even against like an anarchist society, like a, a valid actually thought out anarchist society. It's just it's just another way to live. I feel like drop me anywhere, I'll figure it out, right? right. Um, you know, we can you, you know, I can make any a situation work, but if we're trying to see Black people free, if that's our main goal, that's why, again, a freedom over a solidarity. Because mm-hmm. if your goal is, doesn't actually care about my goal mm-hmm. that we don't actually have solidarity. Mm-hmm. We just have, you know, like a, that's actually an alliance. Yeah. You know, you're just here for the part that you're here for. And then yeah. when that part's over, you're going to go home. Mm-hmm. I get it. And that's,
0: that's, it. that's what's, what's been happening. Um, now, just to change gears really quickly, because I know we have the clock uh, up against the clock for you. Um, uh, I was I was peeping my guy Randy or Randall I can't I can't call him Randy Randall, Randall Wyatt man he uh, <laughs> you know me and him go back so I called him that when he was on the pod a couple weeks ago I was like bro I'm gonna let you slide but it's Randall from now you know from here on out but he uh, he, he he made the post and um, about being on United Shades of America and you're gonna be on there too so by the time this comes out which will be on Tuesday United Shades of America will already have air, so if you can kind of tell us like what you know if you kind of if, if they revealed to you you know what are you talking about on there and, and what did they highlight as far as like what you've been doing with, with the movement and whatnot
3: um you know honestly i haven't talked to the guys in a bit i haven't even i didn't even know it was coming out until randall just told me he actually okay. gave me a call before he made that post and let me know that uh it was going to be going to be airing this week yeah. i don't even have cable so i don't really be watching like i don't, people like i saw you on the news i'm like I, that's crazy i don't, I, I don't know <laughs> like send me a link bro <laughs> The link, bro. I never see it, bro. I don't know. Yeah. Um. But um. Yeah. So I assume because I don't t- I talked to a press about a whole lot else yeah. that they'll be a- a talking about. You know, for me, uh, you know, a black liberation, mm-hmm. um, defunding the police and how that makes sense, mm-hmm. and uh, gardening and gardening. Mm. Um. Uh, we actually met in at my house uh, last summer. Is when this interview actually took place. Of the protest. Yeah, so it's right in the height of the protest. Okay. I think it was in July or August that we actually did the, did the interview. I think it was actually August because wow. it was because it was. Uh, I think it was actually right after the fires. Okay. Because I had, I had, because I was because we almost changed the location because my uh, garden had gotten so. I jacked up in the smoke like all my sunflowers were like dying and stuff yeah. but uh, we ended up making it work oh, so um yeah so uh it, it, it was um it, it was a cool it, it was cool like meeting a uh, Kamal bell and stuff he's a really intelligent dude mm-hmm. it's nice to talk to him you know i've seen his show a bit he's kind of like you know a comical or whatever so i'm not sure how he's gonna cut it up exactly if he's gonna make us look crazy or if he's gonna make us look you know like we're you know, right. respectable men, or at least me, you know, maybe he'll be like, you know, Rails respectable, but this guy, Mac, is wild. You know? <laughs> I don't know. But he interviewed us both at the same time at my house.
4: Oh, and, then,
3: and then I also saw the squad out in the field a couple of times. Um, I actually ran into them. We were both covering the, uh, the rally they had at, at, at a Delta Park.
4: Oh, and yeah. So
3: I was at the, at the black rally on the one side, and then I dipped with the squad. We went over to the white side. Mm-hmm. And that, you know it's, it's kind of risky, but um, I was been there, and yeah. uh, we was uh, taking videos. I still have all the I didn't I don't publish any of that, but I have like a whole bunch of videos uh from in there still. And the CNN was also there, and I saw the crew because I, I had met them before, so I was like, "Yo!" And they were like, you know,
4: <laughs> CNN, you know, right, right, right. <laughs> They're
3: like liberals, you know, and like and like a right wing thing, and they were like, you know, they was like marching folks out of there. Yeah, I am Chief of Journalism, all you know, so. yeah they didn't like know me or anything. I didn't I didn't have my scarf or nothing. So like you know, they, they could not like place me or anything, but 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 I was up in there masked up. Mm-hmm. And um yes, yeah, and so I met them there. I, I I mean they could have a footage of me walking around in there, so I don't know. I I know that they saw me in the field a couple times, so I don't know if they have a footage of me or not, you know, okay. doing anything wild. I don't even know what it would gonna be on there. So, so we we'll, we'll
0: I guess we'll all figure out together. I guess so. we'll I mean, it's, we'll it's, we'll figure out first and then we'll send you the link.
3: <laughs> there we go please let me know because i'm like i think my wife is like yeah i found a way to record it on the thing thing i'm like bet like let me know i don't i don't be watching tv like I, I see myself in press and it's weird because like i'll be like looking up something else and then like mm-hmm. something will pop up and i'm like what is this where was i in this <laughs> what paper is this like i was looking at one and i was like in like a uh in like like the uh what was it the uh uh the uh sri lankan times and i was like they're talking about me in sri lanka that's crazy. Like, for what? What did I even do? <laughs> uh,
0: know? Uh, international but,
3: Mac. But sometimes it's just a matter of saying something at the right time, and it just it just resonates. And for a while, I had that juice. I was hitting it at the right times. And, you mm-hmm. know, that was cool, but, like, it never, you know, the whole thing for me was, like, I'm not, like, a quote, a generator. Mm-hmm. You know, I definitely have to sit here and do the work. Yeah. That's the most important thing is doing the work and, and the connecting with people and getting to know people and actually, you know, just to putting your money where your mouth is
0: yep that's real that's real well let let me wrap this up bro i have to wrap up every interview with the fab five so five five questions that i ask everyone yeah so question number one when you were a kid what was the first thing you wanted to be in life
3: i always wanted to be a doctor Mm. i was going to be a doctor i didn't get there i went to college for uh, pre-med biochemistry but uh it was tough, and I ended up uh, dropping out of school and becoming a, a system analyst. So, <laughs> how,
0: how much of that was attributed to um, watching the Cosby Show?
3: Probably none. Okay. Um, <laughs> I just—I was actually really into um, into like insects and like okay. diseases and like epidemiology when I was like ten or twelve years old. I used to read all these books about like Jonas Salk and uh, and what's his name that did the heart, uh, the uh, blood, the transfusion. Uh, I can't think of his name off the top of my head but you know the black fella um but um it was just yeah i yeah. thought it was like an admirable thing to do uh, my mom was always into health stuff she actually is like a doula and does like um you know like we built health stuff and like women's health stuff yeah. so um she's always been into that and i just i just wanted to be a doctor.
0: that's dope, that's dope. um question number two when you feel overwhelmed how do you de-stress
3: man it's, 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 it's basketball in the garden. Mm. Depends on how my knees feel. Depends on how my knees feel. Um <laughs> uh basketball, if I have like a lot of like aggression age takeout, like like basketball is great, I can I can go out and yell and jump and do all kind of wild stuff and, and, and push people in the post or whatever. Word. But um, if I just need like some space and some time, like anxiety, whatever, it's really the garden. The garden's the best place. I can sit out there and just the water and plant and you know, love on leaves. That's dope. That's dope.
0: Now when you hoop and you you trying to stay in the gym or you going to the park and going to urban Park and busting off these kids.
3: Um, I've been in the parks, but busting off these kids uh, all spring. Um, okay. Before the uh, pandemic, I was in at, at a 24, uh, busting off these old dudes. So yeah. it's, it's whatever, the kids are a lot faster. Way <laughs> faster. They can jump. Way, way faster. They Man, can they can jump. Saying, I can't. I'm, yeah. I'm like, let me just play all time point, you know. know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> three point, three point line, let's go. Where? Um,
0: if you could choose any one celebrity as your life coach, who would it be and why? Oh,
4: celebrities,
3: I'm not really a big celebrity fan. Um, mm-hmm. comes to life coaches, you know, I don't know. I have to be somebody black. Hmm. Ah, oh, man, that's a tough one. Celebrity life coach. I think I'd have to take somebody like. I would have to. I would have to have somebody that I, I don't take almost like a too seriously. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Like someone I could be like, "That's good advice," but I gotta be careful with you. Right. You know. So I'd probably pick somebody wild like a Dave Chappelle or Snoop Dogg. You know, like That's or
0: like Dave Chappelle would be the best life coach, bro.
3: <laughs> I mean, he probably get me in a lot of trouble, but like at the same time, like <laughs> I would learn how to let it just like roll off that or I would just like get like someone like Brie Newsom, like lay that, that 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 climbed that pole in South Carolina and pulled that like confederate flag oh. she's like she's like a like someone that i i fo- i followed like ever as, as, since then and like I love everything that she says and I think she's just like the most intelligent like uh, uh black woman who just like is like a normal person I've ever seen but we are considering uh, someone like her a celebrity I, I probably like I'd be like, please be my life coach. Even if she wasn't celebrating, like, please be my life coach, you know? Yeah. But um, I think that if it wasn't gonna be a black man who would just be like, hey bro, just keep your head up and just have my back regardless, I'd have to have a, a black woman that had my back and uh, kept me in check.
0: That's dope, that's dope. Um, if you woke up tomorrow and found out that you won the lottery for a hundred million dollars, how would you spend your time and your money from that day forward?
3: I'm dipping out, I'm going to Panama. Um, <laughs> said I'm out of here, bro. Ghost Casper. Yeah. yeah, I'm going. I'm going to Panama. I'm taking my family with me. I'm buying a bunch of land and I'm 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 building little houses on it for all the homies who want to come with me. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And I'm giving a gang of money to all my family that stays because I don't need a hundred million dollars for sure. But, um, you know, I'm trying to. If that's the case, I'm I'm out. we're building a dynasty somewhere else. We're not going to tell me.
0: Tell home. me why Where's Panama? Because that was like top of mind. That's that's beautiful. Why? Uh, Panama?
3: You know, I've been looking at Panama for a few years. In the middle of the uh, pro, uh, test last year we almost like just to put down on like a a bed and breakfast in Panama and just to sold the house and move. We were like, let's just go, man.
4: Ooh.
3: I have a family in Panama. My mom's dad is from is is a, is a, is a, a immigrant uh, uh, from Panama. Okay. He came over in the nineteen forties.
4: Okay.
3: Uh, my dad is, is 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 actually an immigrant uh, from Cuba. Mm.
4: So,
3: South America has some, um, you know, South America, the uh, Caribbean has some uh, some, some value to us. And the cost of living there is just so much lower. You're dealing with a tropical uh, climate. You've got soil that hasn't been destroyed by the things that we do in America. And you mm-hmm. can grow all kinds of fruits and vegetables. Um, you can get a house out there on like several acres for like a 70 grand. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it's just like, why wouldn't I? Why would I spend all that money trying to make it in America and fighting all this nonsense if I could just leave and have freedoms somewhere else?
0: Mm. That sounds like
3: a great move, bro. Yeah, I mean, there's a whole Earth out here, you know. People yeah. worry about America, you know. It's like I said before, it's, it's an apartheid state, you know. Yeah. So at some point, you have to decide if you're gonna be here or bounce, yeah. you know. And Africa's not a bad option There's stuff out there, but like, I don't wanna a, a, a jump into some nonsense. I feel like in South America right now, there's some place, like in Panama especially, there's some places you can just go. Mm-hmm. And just disappear on the face of the planet. Like I don't need these people and stuff. I can just be on Twitter from like a Panama, just like posting pictures of me and you know, eating plums off the tree. You or, know, I'll, be, I'll be chilling, you know. <laughs> I'm cool. <laughs> Who's coming? You know, who wants to roll? You know, I'm with yeah.
0: You. So like a beautiful, stress free life, like just out there, just living. And like
3: as a black man, like that's what it's really about at this point. Like, you know, I've I've been working on the garden stuff. I'm trying to learn, you know, my uh uh foods and you know, and and and, and learn how to like, you know, like like be an urban farmer and all that, you know, I'm trying Mm -hmm. to learn so I can really just get up out of here, you know, and not again, be free from all these things. So like freedom is like an ongoing journey for sure. I want.
4: For sure.
0: That's beautiful, bro. Um, Last question. Um, This is something that, you know, it's pretty heavy. And you wouldn't be able to be around to enjoy it, but, um, what message
3: do you want communicated at your eulogy? You know, um, I actually think about that a lot. Mm. Um, it is a heavy question, but I, I think about it a lot. Um, I think at my eulogy, I want people to just know that, like, yeah, I really cared. Mm. You know, as much as uh, sometimes I act like I don't care, as much as uh, anything else, like I really care, and that's why I do everything that I do, just because I care. I cry because I care. I get mad because I care. I be happy because I care you know I get sad because I care and that's really what it's about like I really I feel like, like I, I really just care about a lot of people I care about a lot of things I don't always express it properly you know so I just want everyone to know like I really just cared that's what, that's, that's what I was here for and hopefully like that like my life expresses that that like I really cared you know I spent a lot of years trying to uh, be a cool and stoic you know, <laughs> and be the things, you know, that the white society wants us to be, you know, and, and uh, not emotional and under control. And you hit a home run and you just say, yes, sir. Captain, what's the sky and walk off. Right. Yeah, yeah. But like, you know, I want people to like, I really care. Like now that like, I let like emotion run, you know, a, a lot more. I let, you know, people in a lot more. You know, I express myself in my uh, in my honest views a lot more. And that's the big, I think that's the biggest change. Is I, I stopped pretending that I didn't care about things. I stopped trying to keep people happy. Mm-hmm. And I just got on, yo, this is how I feel about things. If you ain't with it, it's cool, bro. You know, no hard feelings, but I got to move on, you know? Yes. So um, I just want pe- people to know that I, I feel like I moved on on them or like I, you know, like I, I went a different direction. Like I, you know, I still care, bro. Yeah. That's exactly. why I want people to know like I really, I, like, I do everything out of like a love. Uh, for humanity like i really i really care about everybody you know it's it's hard sometimes mm-hmm. <laughs> I about mm-hmm. people, but i want folks to know that like i i i really care about them
0: no doubt and i think i mean i it's it's evident you know like like i said you know what i've been saying throughout this whole time is like you've been doing this well before it became popular it became a trend and it's not as popular and it's not necessarily trendy but you're not doing it just because of that for the look. You're doing it for the right reasons because you really care about the community and and having the outcomes that we need for true freedom. So like, yeah, bro, salute to you for doing the work, and Thank being you. consistent and not giving up regardless of what people are saying and what people are doing because you got your mission and you sticking to it, bro. So that's that's very commendable. Bro. I appreciate that, man. That's so, that's the whole goal. Yeah, that's what it is, man. So um, before we take off um how can people get a hold of you on the socials um you know drop your handles on
3: there yeah um people uh, can always get a hold of me through my socials i'm at uh max smith on everything um it it can also you know reach out on the website uh, macsmith.com or on weouthere.net. we have comments and things on those articles as well and you know, we try and, and to get back to anything that requires a, like, you know resp- response um they can find me at the thesis once it opens back up I'll be there every night and that's open sure. um, or they can hit the email at the defund P- uh, pb at gmail so defund ppb is my that's email so funny. I love you if you get to like Teddy Wheeler and his friends when they reach we- we out to you it's defund ppb that's my email so you know you know <laughs> you, the, email me, you know what it is already there's no question the about messaging it is. is so
0: consistent You when you drop the email like bro this brother is so solid like defund ppb at gmail.com, like, that's that's me.
3: <laughs> yeah, so when people are like, oh, what is he about? You know what it's about. There's no question that's about it. it. Who is Mac? Is what it is. My email is defundppb, so you know what, the, what the goal is. There's no question about it. That's that's no that's ambiguity. Bad. And it keeps me honest, you know? I can't have that email and then hit somebody and be like, well, I want to work on reform. No, I don't, clearly. <laughs> My email says defund. Mm-hmm. So I got to focus on that. So it keeps me straight, you know? Exactly. Well, Matt, bro,
0: blessings to you, man. Thank you for your time. Appreciate your Thank insights. You. And uh, everyone that's listening, I hope you all have been you know, enlightened, inspired, empowered by the words and the conversation that we had. So once again, this is the Socks and Sandwich podcast where society, culture, history, and religion collide, and We unapologetically discuss our worldviews. Holla, at y'all next time. Grace and peace.